speak in unknown languages and exhibit superhuman strength, all classic signs of possession, but far too Hollywood for modern Vatican tastes. In a wider sense, the exorcism of Angel V highlights a growing tension between the Vatican's more intellectual approach to faith, heavily skewed toward philosophical and doctrinal assertions, and the popular thirst for something more tangible. In an age in which Christianity is supposed to be the faith of reason, many are still fascinated by the possibility of miracles, apparitions, encounters with the devil, and other signs of the supernatural. Balancing these two aspects of faith is a task that has increasingly occupied the Vatican's time and resources. In recent years, its offices have issued a series of instructions aimed at controlling devotional and mystical experiences whenever they threaten to disturb the Church's beliefs and practices. In a sense, the Vatican is engaged in vetting the supernatural and filtering wondrous experiences to minimize anything it judges unorthodox, superfluous, excessive, or bizarre. At the same time, of course, officials in Rome cannot be seen as placing limits on divine intervention including the possibility of God's intercession in everyday life, that would be viewed as betraying the Church's oldest traditions. The diverse forms of the supernatural—miraculous events, apparitions, healings, prophecies, and demonic interference—have been essential elements of Christianity from the moment God said, Let there be light in the book of Genesis. The wonders of creation brought about by the word of God were followed by numerous Old Testament accounts of divine favor or retribution— the Nile River turning to blood, one of the ten plagues of Egypt, the withered hand of King Jeroboam, who tried to silence a prophet, the diviner Balaam's donkey, who spoke to his master in a man's voice, or the revelations received by biblical prophets like Daniel, who foretold events from his own time to the end times. The life of Christ was marked by an even more intense flurry of supernatural activity. Jesus raised the dead, healed the sick, restored sight to the blind, cast out demons, changed water into wine, fed the multitude with a few loaves and some fish, and walked on water. The New Testament records thirty-seven miracles of Christ, but as the Gospel of John states, there are also many other things that Jesus did, but if these were to be described individually, I do not think the whole world would contain the books that would be written. According to scriptural accounts, the apostles continued to perform miraculous wonders after Christ's death. They cured the ill and the lame, rid men and women of evil spirits, caused prison gates to burst open, and experienced prophetic visions. St. Peter's spiritual powers were so great that even his passing shadow was said to have healed the sick. Miracles came to be seen as an important indicator of sainthood, and in the eighteenth century the Vatican established formal criteria for validating miracles— as part of the canonization process. In a very physical way, pieces of human bone and other relics came to preserve the link to the early Christian evangelizers and saints, and their supposed supernatural potency made them fixtures in churches in Europe and, in later centuries, on every other continent. In the Middle Ages, relics retrieved from the Holy Land assumed greater importance as communities began to rely on their patronage and protection. Sometimes even small towns would honor a whole pantheon of patron saints, each of whom specialized in overcoming a particular type of disease or adversity. Prayers answered by saintly intercessors 
were often memorialized with ex-voto offerings, new shrines, or the construction of major churches. Apparitions of the Virgin Mary were a later development in the church's history. In some areas of Christendom, they began occurring frequently by the late Middle Ages and were sometimes tied to annual processions or other events. Many towns in Mediterranean countries venerated their own particular miraculous images of Mary, typically weeping icons or bleeding statues, which were objects of prayer and invocation. Over the last two centuries, messages from Mary, delivered directly to chosen visionaries, have increased dramatically. The most famous of these apparitions have attracted worldwide followings, and some have won the Catholic Church's official approval. But hundreds of others have never attained more than local notoriety, and in many cases church authorities have avoided an official pronouncement on the visions or the prophetic messages that accompany them. The other side of the supernatural coin, demonic influence...